Good day to you and welcome back to the podcast. It has been five or six days since I recorded anything and uh, I'm still meditating on the wean child reality. Living as one who's still and quiet in that innermost place, in my soul, just quiet and still, gratified, satisfied, at rest. Oh my gosh, that's a hard place to find, isn't it? Sometimes. <laughs> you know, a lot of times we we can say, well, if we're in a hard season, if we're in a trying time of life, if anything's going on that, that we deem undesirable or confusing or, you know, we're just really having to wrestle to find a peaceful, quiet place, then often this understandably propels us to live still and quiet. But what do we do when there's times of our life when things are good, when things are, our circumstances are kind of just trucking along okay. Things aren't what we would deem hard or bad or a trial. Well, what about then? Because this principle needs to be in place at all times, in every circumstance, not just when things are bad or hard or we're straining to find peace, but I would believe the sign of a mature spiritual man is that this is an even line throughout tough circumstances and ease. Because anyone can seemingly be at peace and be at rest when things are good, when things are smooth, right? I mean, this is what I talk about all the time in my life and on this podcast is we don't really know how dependent we are upon God, how much we rely upon being empowered by His Spirit within us until it's necessary, until it's tested. Is that not the case with anything? I mean, whether it's with a practical tool in the natural or with spiritual matters. may seem silly, but what pops into my imagination is like a sump pump in a basement. You can install the nicest pump system in your basement, and it can just sit there with power to it, just sitting there. I guess it's fine. I guess it's working. But until... You get some heavy downpours and that water starts to fill with, ba- with, with the basement starts to fill with water. You're not going to know if your pump system is really in place, if it's really functioning. As I have said here countless times, most people don't walk needing empowered by the Spirit of God because we don't give ourselves to circumstances for it to be necessary. 
as I've always been saying in this season of my life, in my recordings and again in my life, we don't know if if I can do all things through Christ because I don't give myself to circumstances where he's even necessary. Our culture is so opposed to trial and hardness. We just don't need God. I mean, can we just not be honest and say that? We don't give ourselves to suffering. We don't give ourselves to trials. We avoid conflict. We avoid trouble. We avoid pain. We medicate every single thing we do. So why do we even need God? And that's our culture, both secular and Christian. Avoid pain. Avoid hard circumstances. God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. So, just medicate everything. Well, that's not the pattern of God demonstrating His power to His people and to the earth. In trial in toughness, in persecution, in suffering, God reveals himself in men. Period. That's, that's elementary, right? And so my goal lately has just been, how am I pursuing the Lord in every season of my life? What I would deem good, what I would deem bad, Easy, hard, busy, slow. Am I I so set to seek His face that no matter what season I brand myself in, I'm really leaning into Him? That I'm, I'm really striving to eat of whatever it is He's, He's giving me today. Earlier, before I turned this on, I was just talking to myself through, like, the manna principle. And should that be true and applicable, then I I see it as the same. Like, I just wonder how many things in our lives God is giving to us, spiritual food for today, that we just leave on the ground for tomorrow. Could we say that principle is is yet the same for us today? How much spiritual food is being sent to earth from heaven? How many things are in heaven for us to go and, and retrieve for our own lives and for the glory of God on the earth to eat of, to partake of, to ingest to perpetuate our our spiritual man and thereby the glory of God on the earth for today. How much of that is just going scattered about, if you will, and rotten by morning? How much of it are we trying in our best efforts to put into freezer-safe bags? (laughs) and stock up for the winter or for even next week? 
but yet it doesn't work that way. That that invitation of Jesus that is continuing for us today to eat of me, drink of me, man does not live on bread alone. You must, if you will, if you are desiring to be a spiritual man, you must eat of me. You must partake of the life-giving flesh that is Jesus the Christ today. Like, are we doing that? And not just yes or no, but like, are we continuing to give ourselves in greater and greater increasing measure to living not on bread alone? Are we satisfied? Any of us who have children know the drive to dissatisfaction in our children? And I guess what I'm getting at to make my point and for this to be applicable is I'm not just talking about when my son doesn't get his way or he's upset about doing a chore and he would rather be doing something else. But I mean, it's evident even when he's doing something he finds desirable, he deems okay. He deems, you know, that's good. Doing a task that he does, in fact, want to do Often, even when that's ongoing, when that's still going on, he will want something else. He will express, hey, Daddy, can we also do this next? When are we doing this thing next? In the middle of already doing something, again, he enjoys. And within that natural principle, I see the spiritual. The dissatisfaction within our all, within all of our lives of, yeah, God, this is good, but, but what's next? What about what's coming next? I need to know what's next. I need to know what's next to determine whether or not I will be satisfied in this now moment. Now, this is good. This is fine. Thank you, God. But I'm only going to continue in satisfaction and gratification here if you tell me also what is to come. And I would say, friends, this is a real juvenile place for us when we sit in that seat. Because we're not being weaned children to continue the, the thought from last week. We're not being satisfied sons. Jesus, a lot of times when, when speaking with anyone, primary, primarily his disciples when he would be questioned, he either answered in parable form or with something that was so mysterious they're like, what in the world are you talking about? Or he said, paraphrased, you know, that's just not for you to know. A lot of times, his answers were very perplexing and far from an answer that men desired to hear. A lot of times, I think we could paraphrase what he was saying is, you know, you just wouldn't understand anyway. <laughs> you just wouldn't even get it if I told you. So you know what? 
just don't worry about you. Just don't worry about that. Don't trouble yourself with that. Um, maybe that's what David meant when he said that he's not going to worry about matters that are too great. Some things we just need to be weaned, quiet, still children. Maturely looking to our Father to say, you know what, God? You know. That's not just blind faith where I don't care, whatever, God. I'm just going to drive down this highway of life and I'll turn left when you say turn left, God. It's not that. It is a it is a deliberate leaning into him for instruction and direction. In maturity, dependence upon him to eat of his food moment by moment as it comes through this predetermined day that he has given me. A deliberate dependence, not a flippant seeming faith, you know. Not something that seems like just negligent faith where it just happens, but something deliberate. Something where I really am pursuing the Lord, yet quiet and still, fully assured that I will hear from my Father. I will hear from Him. He is a good Father. He is a perfect Father. Unlike me. I'm not perfect. I'm impatient. I'm flawed. Yet still see that principle within my son of dissatisfaction. And so even in this moment, just ask yourself, how am I like this? That's my point today, is asking myself what ways within me are just dissatisfied. Too distracted by my circumstances. The, even the natural responsibilities and demands that are in place on my life, things I must do, do I see them in any way compartmentalized and separate from my spiritual man function in my household, in our fellowship, in my business? Do I in any way separate these things or am I walking as a spiritual man, feasting upon the things of the Lord in my natural man life? And natural man, I just mean the, the ongoings of my natural life. Are these completely intertwined? And let me ask you this question. I've been thinking about this the last several days for my own life. I have such a hard time just sitting still and quiet. I wouldn't say it's impossible, but it is close. <laughs> I can't blame culture. I can't blame my smartphone. I can't blame the age that I live in. I can't blame anything. But it is so hard for me. I've really tried to face that and reckon with that over the last couple weeks. Let me ask you a, a, just a direct question that maybe will help you answer the previous question. When was the last time you sat still by yourself or with, with others 
I mean quiet, absolutely quiet, for 15 minutes. No phone, no computer, no music, no praying, no talking with anyone or yourself. I mean absolute silence for 15 minutes. I think that would be a good test for for all of us to see how we do. I've been trying to do that and I'm failing very badly. I'm realizing that that my mind and my soul are just not peaceful and restful. I'm busy in there. I'm busy in there. And quietness reveals that. Why does the whole world not even see their need for God? Why does most of mankind not see a need for Him? For some outside celestial source? Well, because their lives are they're occupied. There's so much busyness within themselves that originates in themselves, there's no, there's no literal, no thought for anything outside of themselves. They're quite occupied. They're quite satisfied, if you will. And we're not talking satisfied like happy, necessarily, but occupied, busied. There's no room. <laughs> And so I've been asking myself, and I will just pose this to you, the listener. How occupied are you? How busied are we ourselves in our lives of pursuing God? When we sit and deliberately quiet ourselves... What takes place in there? What is happening in our soul and in our mind? I think it would be good for us to test those places within us and see how we do. I think it would do us well to really examine those inner places and kind of see where we are. Most people listening to this, I would assume, would consider themselves seasoned Christians. People who have been Christians for years. But are we progressing in these things? I think that's one thing that's good and right about people who have pursued the monastic life. The abandoning of everything to get away to the wilderness and pursue the Lord in the quiet place. I believe those people hear God. (laughs) Now, it's lacking the fellowship of the believers in most cases. It's lacking other facets of life that we say are necessary and believe are necessary. But that side of things is probably very much flourishing. And we could say we are flourishing in the fellowship side of the word of the Lord coming through the brethren 
the shared life. Yes, we do that here. But we're, we're pretty low on the still and quiet end. On the just receiving the word of the Lord in quiet and in stillness. When was the last time you were in a gathering and no one said a word for 30 minutes? Now that happens on occasion here. That does happen on occasion where we sit completely quiet for some time. It's still awkward. After years, it's still awkward. Why? Because it forces us to be introspective. It forces us in a natural circumstance to really look inside ourselves and ponder who we are. Are we gratified? Are we satisfied in there? And the way God designed us, and that's why there's so much spirituality in man. And I'm not talking Christian, godly spirituality. I just mean in the sense of like the awareness of the spiritual man. That's why that's prevalent and present at, at, the, le- at, the, very le- at the very least in all of mankind. Man is a spiritual being. There's something in there. I believe most men know that. That's why spirituality is not limited to Christianity. There are many men who are spiritual. Like, mindful that they're spiritual. Every man is spiritual. Because they know there's something in there. There's something bigger than just this natural capacity to think and do tasks. There's something greater. I would say, for we who are called according to the name of Christ, that something greater is found when we still and quiet our souls within us and give ourselves to quietly peer into that inner man and allow God to expose and extract some things that are in there. To speak to those matters in us that will only be seen when that light of Jesus Christ, if you will, is given access. Deliberately setting ourselves to be examined. Again, what does this, what, what do Psalms declare in so many different ways? What does Psalms say? Search me, know me, try me. God, look around in here, see if there's any wicked, wicked way in me. Take a, take a peek in me, God. I'm sitting here quiet. I'm meditating on your law. I love your law. Search me, know me, try me. Well, how does that, I mean, let's just say, when does that happen? When does that take place? We must be deliberate. We must give ourselves to meditating and sitting and quieting our soul, quieting our natural minds. This isn't some new age idea. This is the ancient way of knowing God. 
It's no new age idea. Man may want to take credit for, for being still and quiet and meditating, but people, this is a thousands of year old idea that originated in the heart of God so that we might know Him. So today, friend, are you stilling and quieting your soul? When do we do that? Let's do that. Let's do that. Let's go through the excruciating process of turning everything off and being still and quiet before the Lord, individually and corporately. I just have to believe the Lord will speak to us as He has done throughout thousands of years to people like you and me. Quiet your soul. Renew your mind. Take your thoughts captive. Put them at the feet of Jesus under subjection and rule and authority as He deems necessary for us so that we can be a still and quiet people who are hearing and receiving the manna oracles of God on the earth for our age, for our generation, for the church, for our gatherings of people that we're in for our households and for our very lives. Amen.